In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, you want to talk about showtime? March Madness is back, and we are celebrating the return of Bracketology today on the show. We're also mining our own financial lessons from the madness. What basketball and brackets can teach us about our money. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along uh, for the next hour. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Tim Key with us today. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Scott. It is, I'm, uh, I'm excited about basketball. You Well, I think we all are. You know, I said it's back. You know, it, it's easy to forget. Well, maybe not, but this was the really onset of the beginning of the cancellations of everything yep. uh, from COVID uh, last year. So market, March Madness did not happen last year. So I think everybody is a little extra ready for the return of March Madness. And and here in Arkansas, it's even highlighted by the fact that the Razorbacks are re- really good. Yeah, they they <laughs> I, we I was over in Nashville, Tennessee, with Janet uh, doing some work all over the weekend, and actually just made her stop and 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 go. Okay, I'm going to watch the tail end of the of the ball game because it was really close with A and M, and and it's been a while since that kind of excitement has been around the Razorbacks, and so I was really really encouraged by what we were seeing and what we were doing uh, on the court. And, uh, you know, uh, Eric Musselman, if he's not going to be the SEC coach of the year, uh, that's a bigger travesty than what happened with all the player recognition yesterday. Now, let me point out, too, and I don't think I'm spilling any secrets here. John, you're a bigger football fan than you are a basketball fan. So for basketball to get your attention – Oh, they've got yeah. to be pretty good, right? Yeah. I, well, you know, I grew up in the in the era of uh, you know when Nolan Richardson was you know uh, going to the tournament all the time, and, right. and uh, we uh, ninety four championship and all of that. Those were were great days, and and uh, man, just basketball as a whole is exciting, and at this time of year, even more exciting when the Hogs are involved. Yeah, I told my kids, uh, you know, they 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 have not lived in an era where. It wasn't about if you were going to make the tournament, but only what seed you were going to be. That's right. <laughs> and that's that's the way it used to be. That's the way it ought to be. Hogs are in the top 10 for the first time since 1995. And you know what we did in 1995? Oh, yeah. We went to the national championship game yes. uh, the year after winning it all. So yes. we'll see. I don't want to get too far ahead of that, but it is exciting to watch them uh, really rolling again. And as we get into March Madness, you know, the most fun I think that you can have in sports is having a field of 60, well, it used to be 64. Now I guess it's 68 teams that get in. They have the play-in games. And you really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you you can put your seeds in there and you can put the favorites in there. You can put point spreads in there. But of all the sports that are out there, I think this, Tim, would be the one that is the most unpredictable. Oh, I think so as well. And for me, I haven't really followed basketball a whole lot this um, winter. Um, it's been a while since I've had a team that's been in the race. And so um, I'm a Nebraska fan, and they're still trying to rebuild that program. So I'm happy for everyone here in Arkansas that the Hogs are playing well. But it is interesting. I always enjoy filling out that bracket. And, you know, you're not going to get them all right. You think you're going into it that, you know, hey, it's got to be the four seed winning over the you know, the 13 seed, but every once in a while we get that Cinderella story and it just blows up everyone's bracket. And I think that's, what's exciting about this time of the year. 
Scott, there's some statistics out there, and I love statistics. They're fun. Uh, so the odds of picking a perfect bracket, picking all 63 games correctly on guesses alone is 1 and 9.2 quintillion. That's crazy. I have no idea what a quintillion <laughs> is, but it's a, it's probably more money than Washington can spend in, in a, in a uh, COVID relief package. <laughs> they would try, though. <laughs> they would try. They would try. One quintillion is actually one billion billion. So it is 9.2 quintillion. Mm. That's a bunch. Unfathomable. That's what we say in South Arkansas. It's a yeah. bunch. Well, and the funny thing is, you know you're not – I mean, I think our head tells us there's no way we're going to get all the games right. But we react when we lose a game like we were expecting to win all the games, <laughs> right? Yeah. We were expecting perfection. You know, a few, a few additional things about those stats. Uh, if you know a little something about basketball, and I don't know how they define that, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if they just asked that question. Your chances are slightly better. One in 120.2 billion to, to get a perfect bracket. Few things have better odds than that. Winning the Powerball jackpot is one in 292 plus million. Winning $1 million on Wheel of Fortune, assuming you're on Wheel of Fortune, one in 8,098 players do that. Hitting a hole in one is one in 12,500 if you're an amateur player and one in 7,500 if you're a pro. So lots of things better odds than hitting that perfect bracket. But our parallel here today, and, and we're talking about March Madness. You could call it market madness if you want. We've had some of that. We're going to have Ryan Dietrich on to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the markets in the next segment. But when it comes to your retirement, your money, your investments, you can't approach it thinking you're going to get a perfect bracket. You have to think about it in terms of getting a winning bracket. And in March Madness, you just had to be better than the second place guy, right? Yeah. But in retirement, John, the outcome is the key word here. It's not chasing a hot dot stock. It's not chasing a rate of return that you think you should get over uh, what everybody else is getting. It is about an outcome that you get to define, by the way, but the outcome is income. Yeah, it, it really is. And I think that that oftentimes we get caught up in chasing that hot dot, chasing that hot stock. And and has there ever been a time that, that people have been more enamored with this and the, uh, the whole deal that we saw go on with GameStop and all of that? And, and people today seem to be very driven by that performance uh, mentality. But here's what we know from years and years of work working with people. It is not chasing the hot dot. It is that that it is the parable of the tortoise and the hare. It is that slow and steady progress toward your retirement goal. And then when you get to retirement, it simply is providing the income that you need and that you want from the resources that you have. And Tim, I think that it, it really is one of those things that people have to define their own success and, and they have to be reasonable about what that definition is. I think you're exactly right, John. I mean, you've got a lot of things going on in your life and and being able to kind of know what that outcome needs to be and really being able to sit down with the financial advisor and let us help you through that and ask you some questions maybe you haven't thought about what the answers are will help us get you a plan that can get you there. You know, Scott, there's there's a lot of uh, what I call chest thumping that goes on about rate of return. Yep. And, you know, what's your 401k do? Well, mine did 10% this year. Yep. Oh, well, you only did 8%. So I'm a, I'm better investor than you are or something like that. It's a game to people. But really, we don't see it as a game. We see it as real life. And we want to provide solid 
predictable, dependable results. And you can't do that by chasing some hot stock or some hot idea that somebody at the water cooler told you about or some stock that, that you think is going to become the next Microsoft or, or become the next uh, Google or anything of that nature. You really have to have a very well-defined plan and you need to take just as much risk as is necessary for you to achieve that plan, but not so much that it blows that plan up. Have you ever have you ever been in a uh, an office pool when you fill out one of those brackets? You know, you, you when you're yeah. competing because that's what we do it for, right? We're competing, sure. trying to beat other people. It's oftentimes in the office. If you come out of that first weekend and you're the leader, you're telling everybody in the office about it, right? <laughs> oh, sure. I'm, I'm in first place. If you are dead last in that office <laughs> pool after the first weekend, you don't say much, right? You just keep it quiet. Yeah, and I think the same is true if you allow that uh, to filtrate into investing. You're going to hear about the big wins that somebody had. You're not going to hear about the big losses. Yeah. So you have uh, you have that seep into your behavior to think that, oh, this is the way I need to go because this is the way to get the outstanding rate of return. But what you don't know is all the failures that uh, also are included in that. Scott, uh, over the years, I've seen people come in with their their historical financial statements, and you're absolutely right that they, they want to talk about that big stock that they hit big on, and maybe they made a few thousand dollars on, but they're really quiet about those that they tried, and, and it really didn't work out. So as we mentioned, it's about time for a break, but we on the other side of the break are going to be pleased once again to be joined by Ryan Dietrich. He is the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. So since our topic today is March Madness, it goes appropriately with Ryan to talk about some market madness. The market has certainly been all over the place. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. And we're going to talk to him about that, what's the cause of it, and maybe what uh, his team sees for the rest of 2021. Back in a moment. Talking about March Madness today and the financial lessons from Bracketology. Also a little market madness in this segment as we are pleased to be joined, as we are very often on the Get Ready for the Future show by Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. Thanks for joining us again, Ryan. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Honored to be here. I always say this. It's been a month already. Doesn't time (laughs) fly, but thanks for having me back again. Yes, we have turned the page on the calendar. We're excited about March Madness returning. You know, it was right. the really the onset of the pandemic. It was one of the major, first major uh, sporting events to be shut down. We didn't have it last year, and we're gearing up for it to uh, this week on the show. And of course, it'll really get into high gear next week. And as we kind of relate that to our finances, certainly when you use the word madness, you can certainly always, almost always, uh, attribute that to the market. But it has been a little more maddening than usual the last few weeks. Oh, boy, Scott, it has been. You know, you think about it, the NASDAQ just had one of its fastest 10% corrections in history, all right? And it only took three weeks to go down 10%. That's, I think, the eighth fastest one. Yet, the maddening part of this is that's tech and the previous high flyers. Then you look on the other side of things and financials, industrials, materials are like at or are near all-time highs. I mean, the other day, the Dow makes an all-time high. NASDAQ's down like 10% from the all-time high. It, it, it really is some madness out there, no doubt about it. Ryan, as we sit here and record today our show, uh, it looks like that the Biden administration's $1.9 trillion mm-hmm. stimulus package is on its way to becoming law. Uh, your thoughts on that stimulus, and do we really need a stimulus? It looks like the economy's doing really well without it. Is there a real need for this $1.9 trillion? Yeah, John, I mean, that is a great question, right? I mean, the economy is doing better. We think there's clearly still a need for certain parts of the economy. I mean, look at the weekly jobless claims we keep getting. It's up around 700,000, 800,000. There's still a lot of, you know, 
potential issues out there, but it's a really interesting dynamic. Because again, we've got strong services numbers, really strong earnings, strong manufacturing. There's lots of parts of the economy that are roaring back. And the logical question becomes, could things get too good? Now, everything's great. Now, let's have a bunch of sugar high, right, with this $1.9 trillion of second largest stimulus plan in the history of our country. Um, you know, it makes you wonder if it's too much. And that's what has some people worry about inflation and overheating. At this time, though, the thing to remember about that, a lot of that's not going to be even spent like this year. It might be next year. The $900 billion one we had in December, most of it hadn't even spent yet. So this isn't like we just spend it all at once, John. It is kind of a phased out, um, you know, it's kind of phased the way we look at it. But still, there's some good arguments that maybe we don't quite need that large. The truth is, though, it's happening. Well, Ryan, we've seen a good uh, rally in energy stocks over the last number mm. of weeks. And just wanted to get your thoughts on that over the next um, you know, term. Is it, are we going to see that rally continue? Or what's it look like for the long run? Yeah, you know, energy stocks. You look back like 10 years, right? Technology's up a ton. Communication's up a ton. Everything almost up a ton. Then you've got energy. All right, the as of the as of I think it was Monday year to date, like energy stocks are up like forty percent for the year. Now they're down a lot more. That's the big question. We do think, guys, maybe it's finally energy's time, right? I was talking about how tech and communication struggled recently. The cyclical value, energy's a big part of that. Now, big might be the wrong word to use. I think energy's still only three percent of the S and P five hundred. But we do think when you look at crude oil continuing to trickle higher, up about 65 bucks a barrel, give or take, we think crude oil can make it all the way up to the mid-70s potentially by the end of this year, which could be a tailwind uh, for energy in general, which has just been kind of left in the dust. And now markets have a funny way that when everything's loved, maybe won't do quite as well. And then you start to look for the underloved and energy is that group that looks good. And it's why we diversify our portfolios because you don't always want to chase the shiny object. Sometimes the other things that energy does look good to us for probably a more sustainable rally, not just what it's had the last two months or so it's like trying to get that perfect march madness bracket right you don't it's unattainable perfection the shiny exactly. object. we're talking to we're talking to ryan dietrich chief market strategist for lpl financial today on the get ready for the future show so let's talk about interest rates ryan mm -hmm. uh, they they've obviously been creeping up we've been talking about that for a while inflation beginning to make its presence known you want to talk about mad i bet fixed income managers are just pulling their hair out right now i mean bond market has not been off to a great start in 2021 it's going to be challenging ahead what does your team think about rates as far as the rest of this year and the bond market yeah in general you know i came on with you guys a couple months ago when we did our outlook and we talked about you know it's lpl research we thought stocks would outperform bonds again we actually said bonds might be flattish in 2021 where stocks maybe can gain 10 percent or so at least on the s p and you think about it that's kind of played out i mean in fact bonds have done a little bit worse because the massive spike we've seen higher in the 10-year yield. Plain and simple, we think the 10-year yield maybe can work its way up to about 175 or so when all is said and done this year. But a higher trending 10-year yield, whether it be a better economy, whether it be a stimulus, whether it be inflation expectations, that 10-year yield trickles higher. Again, inversely rated bond prices, so it can impact bonds a little bit there. But there's still always a place for a fixed income in someone's portfolio. It's just obviously been, you got to remember, you know, things go in cycles and it's just maybe not bonds time, you know, over the next year or two, in our opinion, is as interest rates continue to work their way higher, stocks will probably still do better uh, overall. And that's how we're positioning the portfolios that we run for our LPL advisors and their clients. Ryan, let's check in on the pandemic for a little bit. Uh, the, obviously, mm -hmm. we have had uh, a great decline in the number of cases, the number of deaths. The, the statistics are looking very good. And obviously, the vaccines are, are beginning to roll out and take hold. There's been a lot of vaccines distributed. They're ramping up more on that. What is your outlook? What is your team's outlook for the vaccines and, and the pandemic as a whole and its effect on the economy going forward? 
Yeah, John, I think the stock market's already voted on this one, right? The stock market's voted that by the second half of this year, the pandemic's not going to be with us anymore. Thank God, right? I mean, the economy's really going to open up significantly. Now, here's why I want to take this for a second, though. You think about last year, guys, right? Stock market did really well when all things were said and done. S&P gained over 15%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the economy did terrible. Let's be blunt. This year, we think it's going to be a rocking economy. That's what we're starting to see. I mean, uh, first quarter GDP might be up 10%. I mean, that's crazy. Nobody expected that a couple months ago. But the economy might do a lot better, and stocks might just do okay. We're not saying stocks, we're not saying the bull market's over. We still think stocks are the way to go. And as I said, they'll still outperform bonds. We think it could be a little bit of a flip flop with last year where the economy does really good and stocks, stock market doesn't do quite as well. But again, the voting is the stock market, and it is saying things are really opening up. And it's a, it's a great thing because we've all struggled one way or another over the past like exactly 12 months maybe 13 months and it's um brighter times are definitely coming and it looks like maybe by may or june we really could start to open up uh, significantly we can get outside and maybe start hanging out with each other again you know we had our big winter snowstorm uh, just a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and it feels like hey, we're a little past that now and spring is kind of you know showing itself and the economy's kicking a little bit um, what are your thoughts on manufacturing and the jobs growth overall going forward? Manufacturing. I mean, it is amazing, guys, at how quickly manufacturing has come back. And it's not just the U.S. This isn't just a U.S. story, right? I mean, Europe's coming back. Asia's been leading. Australia's doing pretty well. All over the globe, manufacturing's really been coming back. And the thing I know, I've talked to you guys before about this. Manufacturing leads earnings by about six months. If you get a big jump in manufacturing, you tend to get a big jump in earnings six months later. Now, that would not be a shock to anyone. We're expecting very significant earnings growth six months from now. At the same time, manufacturing is kind of uh, saying, listen, things are improving. It's a canary in the coal mine on the way down. Or if manufacturing starts to weaken, that's the canary in the coal mine. The canary is doing really well right now if you look at manufacturing. And just another bullet point, a feather in the hat, however you want to put it, feather in the cap, whatever you want to call it, for the bull market that, again, if you have pullbacks, weakness, we'd use as an opportunity because the economy really is just that strong. Well, we have had a very upbeat segment, so we obviously have to temper that a little bit, right? Yep. As advisors, we're looking out for the headwinds that may potentially be out there. So let's talk about areas of concern, mm -hmm. and I might even harken back a little bit to the interest rate conversation. We talked about that a little bit. Is that an area of concern, or can, can, can the market still do well? Can stocks still do well in a rising interest rate environment? And then are there any other areas of concern that your team sees? Yeah, maybe I'll start with one just bigger picture. I did list a bunch of good things. You know, you can talk to 10 people. They'll list similar things I just said everyone's aware right. the economy is going to open up. It already has, right? You said what Nashville was looking like. I mean, things are good, okay? A year ago, things were terrible. That was probably one of the best buying opportunities in our lifetime. So there is the way the market has that contrarian aspect to it. But still, just the fact that we've got this uh, divergence from tech is selling off, uh, communication selling off, it's not that the market's just getting killed at all, okay? The money's going to other areas. That's the lifeblood of a bull market. It's The worry for investors is who are too excited and what's been working for a while we just talked about energy. Financials gone nowhere for 14 years. Manufacturer um, um, uh, materials gone nowhere for a long time. Some of those are the groups that might start to do well. So that's a worry for investors who are just too excited about uh, what's been hot lately. Um, but the other worry, you mentioned interest rates going higher. Historically, stocks do pretty well when interest rates go higher. It's when you finally get to the peak in interest rates. And we think we're a ways from there. But I will say, Scott, the one thing that gets me, the I word, inflation. I mean, there's a lot of stimulus out there. Copper at 13-year highs, nickel at all-time highs, zinc at all-time highs. I mean, all the lumber all-time highs, all these industrial metals are really strong. That's maybe the stock market's way of saying the economy's coming back, but don't sleep on inflation. And, you know, the inflation data this morning, literally this morning, CPI came in under 2% year over year. We're not seeing inflation yet, but I look at those industrial metals and I'm seeing it. So that's one thing that worries me. Might be more of a 2022 story, though, the inflation concerns. Not seeing it quite yet. 
Ryan, I, I, I really appreciate uh, your approach and LPL Research's approach to things because there's all kinds of talk out there, but you guys really base things on data. And I think that as people listen to this, they're often influenced by the talk, but I think you'd mm-hmm. may, maybe make this, the case that the data needs to override the talk about the economy. Yeah, you know, if we all just went by our feelings, we would be wrong a lot, right? I mean, who didn't want to sell the third week of March last year? I think we all did. It felt terrible. But the data said stocks were cheap. If we're going to avoid the asteroid one more time, and all oh, the Fed came out on March 23rd and threw the kitchen sink at things. That's why, as you guys know, at the moment with you, the last week of March, we upgraded our view on equities here at LPL Research and added some equity exposure. It was really uncomfortable. I was under the table when we did that. I was hiding under the table when we did the upgrade because <laughs> a lot of our peers and competitors were downgrading things in. But that's how this works, right? And that's, again, where, uh, Scott, when I said what worries me the most, maybe we all understand things are good. Stock market might have another thing coming for people to get a little too excited, but we still think those in cyclical uh, values where you might want to uh, kind of, you know, if there's a rocky market, maybe uh, uh, sleep out a little bit or stay out a little bit as those can do pretty well um, as the economy keeps opening up. Just a few seconds left, real quick, your prediction for NCAA champion. I hate to say Gonzaga because I think everybody, but they just, maybe it's finally Mark Few's time. That'd be neat for Gonzaga to pull it off. um, Go Gonzaga, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you went out on a limb on that one. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, good year, right? I'm a bullish market strategist, and I pick in Zag right down the middle in this one. Uh, you know, it's not Xavier. I'm a Xavier guy. I just hope Xavier makes it. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> well, you could have picked Arkansas. That would have really endeared you to the to our listenership. Yeah. Next that's time, all right. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. See you next time. And our thanks again to Ryan Dietrich, Chief Market Strategist for LPL Financial, for joining us again on the show. Didn't have time to mention, but Ryan is very active on Twitter, so if you want to get more of his insight uh, or the team's insight, you can follow LPL Financial, LPL Research, uh, or Ryan Dietrich himself on Twitter. They are very active on social media. We like uh, getting charts and graphs from them on a regular basis. And also wanted to mention, too, as we get back into our March Madness and Market Madness conversation, there is also uh, there are also many tools available. You, we've talked about many times on the show that we are education driven. We want to offer many resources to anyone who wants to take advantage of them, uh, and we've got a really cool one on uh, our website uh, and a way you can get it without even going to our website. Our fifteen minute retirement checkup. If you want to know where you are on track or not uh, for your retirement, there's a really quick way to get a. Uh, a generalized view. We would certainly say specified planning is needed beyond this checkup, but it gives you a little uh, measuring stick or a litmus test, I guess. Are you on track for retirement? We've got a free retirement checkup for you. If you're ready to find out your likelihood of a successful retirement and start putting those tools to work for you, here's what you do. Visit 15minuteretirement.com. That is the number one and the number five, one five, MinuteRetirement.com. You can get your uh, checkup there at the website, or you can just text the word checkup, all one word, to 501 381 5228. That's 501 381 5228. Get your 15 minute retirement checkup in the time that it takes you to check your social media. You could spend it on finding out if you're on track for retirement. And that's the outcome that. Almost every one of our clients is seeking, right? And that's our discussion today, talking about filling out those brackets for March Madness and not having the expectation that you're going to get them all right, but having the expectation that you're going to win. 
And that's winning for our clients is having an outcome they want in retirement. And that outcome can take many forms. It's the income that you want. It's not running out of money before you run out of time. Those are key outcomes. And John, I think it really highlights, uh, it was highlighted in our conversation with Ryan. You know, he talked at one point, that's the need for a diversified portfolio. You don't want to chase a shiny object. And I think there are a lot of people uh, get kind of buried up with a particular team that they're rooting for in March Madness, and they're going to ride that team all the way to the end. And most of the time they ride it right out of the uh, of the arena uh, when they end up losing. And I think it's often the same thing that, that people get comfortable with a particular investment. People get comfortable with a particular uh, company that they're investing in or a product that they're investing in. And and you really can't do that. You really got to understand that that when it comes to, to uh, you know, picking a team, it's about a 50-50 shot. When it comes to making money in the market in any one year, it's about a 50-50 shot. Overconfidence in a specific product or a stock can be the same things. Products are not planned, Scott, and people confuse that all the time. I, I have people walk in with their 401k statement and say, okay, well, here's my retirement plan. Well, they call it a retirement plan at work, but it is not a plan plan for you. It is a method by which you're saving money. The plan is how you're actually going to utilize that money and implement that money and and what you're going to do to diversify and and build out a a strong portfolio for yourself. I can't imagine a more uh, critical time for there to be diversification in your portfolio because there are winners and losers and they are being defined these days differently than they have in the past. This pandemic has, has really kind of rolled the dice on things. And I really don't think you can apply some of the same rules uh, to diversification that that you have in the past. A lot of times people went, oh, I'll just buy blue chip stocks and they'll be fine. Some of those blue chip stocks have suffered in this pandemic. Yes, especially over the last couple of months with technology has been hit hard. A lot of that growth and a lot of that, um, those stocks are carrying those indexes. So, I mean, we do always have the fear of missing out, I think. And that's one of the things when you're talking, hearing people around the water cooler and the returns and what they're invested in. Usually by the time you jump in there, that may have already had its run. Now it's time for something else to have its run. So that 401k is a product. Inside that 401k, you've got those mutual funds. Those are technically other products, but you really need to have a diversified portfolio because things run in cycles. As Ryan Mm -hmm. was talking, energy's starting to pick up now, and that may be something that carries us through, but that hasn't been good for a long period of time. So we definitely have to make sure we make the right changes in that portfolio. And that's also something that we can help you with. I asked Ryan at the end of our conversation his pick for NCAA champion, and he picked the number one overall (laughs) seed, right? The top-ranked team in the country, Gonzaga, who has not lost a game yet. And I kind of ribbed him a little bit saying he really went out on a limb there. But did he? Maybe he did. Listen to these numbers. Of the 34 national champions – since 1985, and that was the year that the tournament expanded to 64 teams, only 20 of the 34 have been number one seeds. So when you think about that, even if you're picking the team that on paper should get the job done, historically, if you want to use that word, right, because they've played 25 games this year and you're looking in the rearview mirror at what they've done, their track record, and that that really parallels to how people pick their investments many times, looking in the rearview mirror at the historical performance. How do you know it's going to get the job done moving forward? So I would suggest to you, you know, if you think about the 401k plan, how do you pick your investments? Do you look in the rearview mirror? Do you look at the track record in the past, which is important, but it's certainly not indicative of the future. And as you pointed out, Tim, 
the winners in 2020 may not be the winners in 2021. Scott, let me also take a, a little bit of a different take on this. You know, all of those 64, 68 teams in the tournament this year, they're all going to have, uh, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 plays that they run uh, on any given game. And and those plays will change up as as they their opponents change. They they pivot based on the the conditions that they're they're dealing with on the court. If your financial advisor has one play, just one product or one uh, line of products that they're going to put your money into, they're really not a financial advisor any more than any team in the NCAA tournament that only has one play as a team. They, they really aren't. They, they don't stand a chance because, you know, after a couple of times up and down the court, the defense figures that out, and that's the only play that they know. You cannot bet your financial future on a financial advisor that just has one play in his playbook, and that's way more common than you might think. I think diversification, when we talk about that and, and multiple investments making up an investment strategy, it's important for all investors at all stages of their journey towards retirement, but it gets even more important, I think, when they get into the retirement red zone. You know, we talk, you probably heard us talk about the retirement red zone on this show, and that's more football related than it is basketball, so indulge me on that one. But when you get 10 years or less away from your projected or uh, hopeful retirement date, that's when the strategy, it is vitally important, John, for things to change as you close in on that. And diversification is really a part of that. And it is part of the ready to retire process. Yeah, when you're young and you're building up money, Tim, in your in your portfolio, you can afford to be pretty focused in what you're investing in. You know, large cap growth stocks or whatever, even emerging market stocks. If you're fairly young, uh, they can do you well in a dollar cost averaging situation because they're pretty volatile, and you're just buying stocks on the cheap when you when you're able to to take advantage of those downturns. But as you get closer to that retirement uh, program, uh, that time of retirement, then you want your uh, your program you want your plan to become more and more and more diversified. Yeah, along the way, we want you to be growth oriented and we want you to go, to actually put those contributions in there, you know, every paycheck into something that's going to be volatile. But then, you know, as you get into that retirement red zone, we really see that 401k as having old money and new money. And that old money, we don't want to just leave it all at risk. That needs to start being repositioned for those retirement years. And so some of it will still be growth oriented, but some of it you know, we'll need to take some of the risk off the table. But those new contributions that you continue to put in even, you know, every every week, every two weeks, it still needs to be volatile um, as far as what you're going into. So we can definitely take advantage of that dollar cost averaging. Scott, that is just one part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. If you kind of think about uh, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process being uh, almost like a, a, a uh, uh, Roman uh, structure, one of the old Roman structures that has the, the, the cap on the top of it, uh, that ready to retire process is actually supported by a lot of different pillars. And those pillars really uh, amount to things like diversification. They also amount to things like estate planning and, and uh, retirement planning, retirement income planning, the the planning that you may be doing for kids or grandkids as far as education are concerned. We talked on our on our webinar last night about the fact that education is going to become a big deal for people who are in their retirement years because they're actually going to be pursuing different careers in, in their retirement years and doing some retraining. So there's a lot that goes into the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. It is a process of getting you prepared for what's next after you, you leave that job that you've been at for maybe 15, 20 20, 30 years, you want to be able to apply a, a well-defined process to that next phase of life. And Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process is what we provide.
Yeah, so a little bit more on that. We talked earlier in the show about the brackets, and you don't achieve a perfect bracket. You want the winning bracket. You want the outcome in retirement. That's winning retirement, having the right outcome. And the outcome is income. So when we go through the ready-to-retire process, it is about achieving the income that our clients want and the income our clients need. And the need comes before the want because winning in retirement is making sure, Tim, that your bills are going to be paid. Your expenses are going to be covered with guarantee. Yeah, we definitely want to make sure you maintain your dignity throughout retirement. And as John mentioned earlier, there are some people out there that only have one product that they may sell you. Um, I think a lot of the folks that come see us, we may sit with them for an hour and a half or two hours in that initial appointment, and we never talk about products. We're always talking about the plan and really where you are and where you want to get to. And then once that plan is developed, that will tell us what products um, that you need. And that first thing that we're going to make sure of is that you are receiving that required income in retirement on a monthly basis, that mailbox money, really to maintain your dignity throughout retirement so that we know you've got enough money coming in every month to pay your monthly expenses. Scott, I I believe that that is really the foundation of a happy retirement. There are studies out there from uh, back uh, a few years ago. It's actually published in uh, in Time Magazine, I believe it was. That basically was it was a European study. The the British did the study, and they said the most happy people in retirement were the people that had regular, predictable, dependable income coming into them on a regular basis that that covered all of their basic needs and that had a hedge against inflation and had the ability to grow some of their money for the future. So again, one shot does not fix everything. You've got to have a well-diversified portfolio. You've got to have a well-diversified financial plan. Yeah, but knocking out that required income with guaranteed monthly income, that's like having a pre-filled bracket. There you go. That's right. At at least half of it pre-filled for you with the winners Take the top seeds and you'll have a good portion of that right there. Yeah, if you're wondering what your chances are for a successful retirement, don't forget to find out for free at 15minuteretirement.com. That's 15minuteretirement.com or text CHECKUP to 501-381-5228. We're back with more of the show right after this. We are celebrating the return of March Madness on today's show and talking a little market madness with Ryan Dietrich earlier in the show and talking about the financial lessons you can gain from bracketology. You can't have a perfect bracket, but you can have a winning bracket. And the same is true in retirement. And winning in retirement is about income. The outcome is income. And we talked about the ready-to-retire process. We talked about the floor previous to this break, but we need to build that out a little bit more because that's not the end of the ready-to-retire process. It's not the end of your income dilemma as well. We want your expenses to be covered with guaranteed income. And those sources are Social Security. Maybe there's a pension in play. Maybe even there's rental income in play. We total that up. And if there is a gap between what your guaranteed income that's coming in on a monthly basis is and what you're going to need to pay for your expenses and buy your dignity in retirement, then that gap is filled with uh, part of your investments, part of the assets you've accumulated with a guaranteed income stream created off of it. But above and beyond that, you we look at your desired income, and that's really the, the dreaming part of someone's retirement income plan. What do you want to do and how do we quantify that uh, into a monthly income stream? And that's where the other part of the investment strategy comes in. And it comes in, John, in, in diversification, but it's diversified rather than be diversified into an allocation model in one pie, one circle. 
it is broken out into clearly defined buckets. And each bucket has a certain amount of money invested a certain way that is designated for certain years of usage in your retirement. You're right, Scott. And I think about, uh, let's go back to our uh, analogies that we're making with basketball. If uh, you had a basketball team and all they played was defense, you wouldn't win many games. You've got to score. You've got to, to play both sides of the game. You can have a really good defensive team, and Arkansas this year has a very good defensive team, but they also have scorers. And the buckets are where you score. You score against inflation with the buckets, and you score in a in a situation where you're beating longevity, where you're not uh, in a situation where you're just stagnant with your investments. Now, obviously, the floor is playing defense. You, you know, if everything... Uh, fell to stink, so to speak, that floor is going to be there, that foundational income that you're building with that floor money that you talked about, Scott, is always going to be there. But the buckets are where you go on offense. It's where you grow your money. It's also where you avoid getting into a situation where you're selling something uh, into the wind, as I like to say. You don't want to sell something at a time when the market is down, where your prices are suppressed. And so the bucketing strategy has the ability to do both of those things. The reason that you want to grow your money is that you cannot imagine working for 20 or 30 years without a pay raise, and you don't need to be in retirement for 20 or 30 years without a pay raise. Ryan Dietrich talked about, Tim, that inflation is beginning to bubble up a little bit. I'm really concerned about inflation because, I mean, you know, my, my training as an advisor was that inflation is prompted when you have too much money chasing too few goods. Well, we've got a classic inflation set up right now. If you think about it, Scott, we've got a situation where we're pumping all of this liquidity into the economy. There's a lot of money out there, cheap, cheap money out there. And our productivity is down a little bit because of COVID. And, and we're not producing as much in terms of goods and services. And I don't know how that doesn't equate to higher inflation in the future. Well, as Ryan mentioned, that $900 billion that they paid out toward the end of last year really hasn't even gotten itself into the market. And here we have another $1.9 trillion potentially coming right on its heels. And so we do have a lot of so-called easy money coming into the market a lot of checks going out stimulus checks going out to folks and a lot of people are going to be putting that into the market and like you said there's a lot of money chasing a lot less goods and that's just going to drive those prices up eventually it's all supply and demand as far as that goes as well so we do expect inflation to to come up definitely off of where it's been over the last number of years Uh, this year it's probably going to stabilize a little bit creep up slowly but then it might start it to accelerate a little bit more here in a few years. Scott, I, we see this happening right now in the housing market. I think I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago that that if you're listing a house almost anywhere in this country, uh, you are getting top dollar for it. And, and people are snapping those things up regardless of really what the price is because interest rates are so low. Cheap money causing prices to go up. Go to the lumber store. Check out how much a two-by-four costs. Go back, you know, Hmm. two years ago and see what a price of a two-by-four was and see what it is today. Inflation is real, and you've got to have some kind of strategy in your plan, in your portfolio, to be able to stay ahead of inflation. And inflation has not been a problem for probably 10 or 15 years in this country, maybe even longer than that. But I I am just as sure as I can possibly be that we're going to see uh, more and more inflation because all of those dollars chasing those goods. 
That's why you can't be too conservative and have to believe in equities with a portion of your money, even in retirement, because that is the asset class that has historically outperformed inflation, along with real estate. So the diversification, back to that topic, it has to be more than just cash. It has to be more than just equities. It has to be diversified to plan for your income to grow over time. And a lot of people, Tim, you know, we see, we get this a lot uh, in the West Little Rock office that people will say, well, I don't need more money when I'm in my 80s, right? I'm not going to be buying the same things that I used to buy, so I don't need to account for as much inflation. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe you get into the no-go years of retirement instead of the go-go years of retirement, but the reality is you are probably going to need to pay some money for health care costs. And by the way, that is increasing. Those health care costs are increasing at a pace much higher than the other inflation rate or the overall inflation Yeah, I think they're rate. over 5% as far as what they're increasing on an annual basis. And I think um, here recently we've had some clients come in that um, uh, they've either got parents that are in nursing homes, things like that, and they're just shaking their heads. Yes, we know and we understand that there's a lot of money that goes out in those no-go years on health care, whether that's drugs or whether that's staying in a long-term care situation or whatever that might be. And so that money that you're using on that front end in those go-go years when you're really living retirement, maybe you're vacationing and doing those types of things, I mean, that money is definitely wanted and needed there because that's when you can go and do things. But toward the end of retirement, when you say, I'm just going to be sitting on the front porch or I'm going to be doing this or that, there might be a lot of medication in you that's keeping you on that front porch drinking iced tea. Scott, one of the things I, I often tell our clients who come in to talk with us about is that, look, life isn't over when you hit 65 or your retirement age or whatever the case may be. It's simply not. It is a situation where you could have as much time in retirement as you did in, in your working years. And so you can't just get out of the game as far as investing is concerned. You've got to have those equity type investments to be able to sustain you throughout your retirement and to give you those inflation increases. Also, equities give you the fighting chance against longevity. If you live a long time, that is just stretching that money further and further and further. And you've got to have some growth of that money to be able to sustain yourself during your retirement. You've got to be in the game. Well, we started off the broadcast talking about bracketology and filling out those brackets. I often can recall for an office pool filling out a, a bracket in probably, I don't know, three or four minutes, <laughs> yeah. right? It was it was pretty easy. I mean, and I, and I followed basketball and I knew the names of those teams, but did I really work hard or did I put in the time, the sacrifice, the discipline to do what it took to put my best bracket forward? No, I didn't. And the bottom line here is, is you don't buy financial independence. It doesn't happen quickly. You invest in it. The, if you think about the greats, of basketball, right? I'm going to think of Michael Jordan first and foremost, probably the greatest in my mind to ever play the game. I know you had Kobe. I know you got LeBron. But I, 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 when I think of the greatest, I think of Michael Jordan. I think of him having the flu and playing in the NBA Finals yeah. and scoring 50 points, right? He did whatever it took to win. And I think the same is true. You don't have to probably play the NBA Finals with the flu, but you do have to sacrifice, commit to it, 
And as I said, you don't buy financial independence. You, you do. And, and you clearly can't just show up and go, okay, well, I'll just get by with this. You've got to have a, a, a very dynamic life in retirement. And because retirement is boring if you don't have that dynamic nature. And it takes money to be doing some things and, and enjoying your life during that time. And you've got to be fully committed. You, you've got to be in the game. And, and I think, Scott, that really does start way back when, you, when you're beginning to accumulate money. You can't uh, do things like miss free throws. Uh, and right. a free throw is your match in your 401k plan. If you're not getting that match, uh, you're missing out and you're really not in the game. All right, you heard the bell, uh, not a whistle. We should have had a whistle, <laughs> whistle today. For our, but it's uh, time for our final thoughts, and we'll start with well, you. Well, I really go back to really what this is all about. You're not going to have a perfect bracket, but you really want a winning bracket. There are so many things that you can do that are going to be positives, that are going to get you some wins along the way. We can't predict the future, so we definitely need to be diversified in our investments. Um, really would like to have a – should have a coach that kind of helps you through that and and walks with you and – and just provides that education, which we do. And um, I think that's really what we're all here for. And really the final outcome is the income that you need in retirement. Scott, I'm going to amplify a little bit of what Tim said. It, because it's called financial independence, it doesn't mean that you really should go it alone. You think about Michael Jordan. You think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You think about all the greats that have played the game of basketball. One thing they had in common was they all had a coach, not to help them to, to play the game itself, but really they were in their head and teaching them strategy and teaching them mental toughness as far as playing is concerned. And that's really the role that you need a financial advisor to come alongside you and help you as you work your way through retirement. I think that is probably the the magic potion that makes a difference between success and not so great success as far as retirement is concerned is having that advisor coach you along the way so you make smart moves with your money. My final thought is that retirement, a successful retirement, when you think about yours, is it all in on a product or is it truly a plan? A successful retirement is not about a product. It is about a plan. And the planning process at GenWealth is the ready-to-retire process. If you want to step in, all you have to do is email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com, or call us at 501-653-7355. We have offices all across the state of Arkansas and advisors ready to serve you and build a plan for your financial independence. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.